Steve Jobs once said, people who know what they are talking about don't need PowerPoint. Hello everyone and welcome to Nerdy Optometrist. Before we begin this podcast, I would just like to tell everyone, during this pandemic, please stay at home, stay safe and remember we are in this all together. Now during this downtime, I thought of picking up a very important and an interesting topic for the discussion. The art of memorable presentation. And to talk about this topic, I have a very special guest for today, someone who has been almost in every continent and he is one of the best presenters we have in India. He is the co-founder of Masterclass Optometry and also the director of educational program for ICL. He is none other than our very own Mr. Nilesh Thite. Thank you so much and welcome to the podcast. Hey, Yukti. Thank you so much for having me. How are you? I am doing great. So I do know you have been to... Correct me if I'm wrong, every continent that you've, you have presented, except Latin America and Antarctica. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. You, yeah, yeah. you, you, you actually got to try it. Antarctica is my next target. I, I think the penguins are waiting for me, right? Absolutely. I'm sure they need some education on optometry. So <laughs> I'm sure whenever anything happens there, you'll be the first person presenting. I mean. So I do know we all are fan of your presentation skills. You have given more than 100 presentations on major platforms. <laughs> so let me rewind this a little bit. Because we all want to know your secret recipe. So let's talk about how did this all begin. Ooh. First of all, I think Ukti, um, it's amazing what you're doing. And I really appreciate this. And first of all, I'm just trying very hard to match your energy level. But it's just not happening, man. How do you do this? I've learned from you. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> no, you have, you have no idea how nervous I am. And I just want everyone to know that I'm no different from anyone who is listening to this podcast. So just bear with me. Just be with me. I'll try my best to give you whatever I can. And more than, you know, giving you formal information about how to make PowerPoint presentation, etc. Because I think that you can find anywhere, even if you just type how to give a PowerPoint presentation or presentation skills. Absolutely. You'll get a lot of tips on body language, eye contact, tone, voice, etc. So I don't think I'll speak much about that. I would rather talk about, you know, my own journey and how I have evolved and how what I have faced as a beginner, etc. Is that fair, Ukti? Is it something you would want me to do? Absolutely. That's what I think I have you on this podcast for. I really want to know your secret recipe. What goes behind your head to bring up that perfect presentation every time you are on the stage? Like nailing it 100 times when you're on the stage is remarkable. So please share your experience and your secret recipe with us. Yeah, so so let me start with my journey. I mean, as a beginner, because I think uh, some of the young uh, students probably they will probably relate with this better i my first very first experience in public speaking when was when i was in probably fourth standard just around nine years of age and i was picked up by one of my teachers and i have no idea why he picked me up to play a character of birbal it was supposed to be the most important character of a play and all i remember was i was so damn nervous i could not look at the audience if i could not even stand close to the mic i was away from the mic and at the end of the play people said what were your actual dialogues man we didn't hear anything <laughs> that you said <laughs> so when was your first uh, public speaking experience Ukti? 
I think it would have been similar. I don't have a clear memory, but I definitely know it was at some point when someone just put me on the stage, knowing the fact I talk all the time. So they they thought it would be easier to just throw her on the stage and make her talk, but trust me, I was dead nervous. So that's all I remember. <laughs> yeah, but but I'm seeing uh, you know today's students they are starting much. much earlier like my first real presentation or a real um, stage performance after that disaster was almost uh, when i was around 20 21 years of age it was uh, during my optometry days and uh, in a big conference i remember i gave a presentation which was supposed to be 8 minutes talk mm-hmm. and um, you know because um, i had prepared well and i had made beautiful slides and great animation the background was really pretty the animations were great and um, i thought i knew the subject i am just going to go there on the stage and nail it <laughs> i have was given 8 minutes for that talk trust me how much time i would have taken to finish that talk 5 and 1/2 minutes <laughs> i didn't i didn't know what to speak for 8 minutes right it's it's generally the other way around right. you overshoot the time but my first talk first formal optometry talk in a conference i finished in 5 and 1/2 minutes and when i finished the talk i was like what did i do and how did i not perform so well the subject was clear the slides were beautiful in fact couple of uh, people came and they congratulated me they said oh, beautiful slides man your clip art was really nice and and was just looking at them was it really a compliment or <laughs> was it a criticism <laughs> i didn't know so that's my first experience as a as a presenter but then uh, as a student also i saw a few attended a couple of conferences and then i realized there were a f- there were very few presenters who whom i could relate to or who could keep mm-hmm. me engaged you know uh, right other presenters were doing their job they were doing uh, well with their scientific content etc but to keep me engaged i i thought they could not do that really well right and then i thought okay this is something where i need to venture mm-hmm. this is one area where there is definitely a need there is a gap and if i have to do something i need to work on this particular area and you know i've i've always been a sucker for one liners i always read smart one liners right and uh, there was there's a one liner which says that you know intelligent people do what they like to do genius does what is exactly required wow and in my mind i always wanted to be a genius you know so i thought okay let's focus on this presentation skills part and let's look at public speaking and let's you know try to develop in this particular area so that's exactly when i actually started working on my presentation skills mm-hmm. and yes of course it was really difficult because i had to overcome a lot of limitations uh, of mine like my own personality is more introverted evident to contrary it's actually introverted <laughs> people think i'm very extrovert but yes. it's not <laughs> then i had a tough time with uh, polishing my language as well because i come from a vernacular medium school so english does not come naturally to me so i had to put in a lot of efforts to then because of these two things i wasn't very confident right so mm-hmm. i had to work on my confidence and the most important the dreaded part is the stage fear right i mean it's like if you have seen the movie kung fu panda yeah how that how po dreads stares <laughs> i used to dread public speaking so i had to overcome all these problems to to be able to you know stand in front of people and give a talk so yeah lot of ups and downs honestly that is uh, very hard to believe today but i would take your word <laughs> trust me i'm telling you everything very very 
honestly and transparently i've decided one thing today that i won't hide anything i'll just be genuine and i'll just be honest with you awesome thank you so much for sharing those beautiful stories of you know your initial days where you actually had to face those nervousness and you fought that fear now as you mentioned you know about the Uh, coming from a vernacular medium where english was not your first language i do know there are many people who hesitate just because they feel if my english is not good i cannot be a good presenter can you share some tips or tricks you used back then which helped you build the confidence or build the uh, control or the you know comfort with the language yeah so initially what i used to do is and i must thank my classmates when i was studying optometry early days a uh, couple mm-hmm. of them did not speak hindi or marathi so i was stuck i had to start speaking in english with them <laughs> so that actually helped me it was a blessing in disguise so it actually helped me you know try to speak english and build my confidence so that was one thing and i must uh, thank them secondly um, i used to read i used to read and if i found any difficult word i used to go back and check the word in dictionary now back in those days there was no google so it was like the paper dictionary and i used to carry the dictionary every time with me trust me i did that i just did the oxford dictionary yes i did <laughs> so i used uh, dictionary one more thing i used to do is suppose if someone told me something i am talking to someone in let us say hindi or marathi in my mind i used to think if i have to speak in english how would i translate this in english mm-hmm. so i started doing that as well and if you know the subject well your language related to the subject is not a problem the language outside the subject is a problem right and that's where my reading and the one liners helped me actually and this is a quick hack for all the young probably the students if your language is not fluent and if you introduce a beautiful quote right of a well known person suddenly the audience thinks wow this this guy is speaking good english <laughs> actually you may not be but it actually helps to develop your presentation awesome i think i take that and i think that was also one of my idea why i started with quotes for my podcast because i felt that's a very nice way of introducing the topic and keeping the people engaged and think about what i'm trying to talk in the in the podcast so i agree that you know this really is an effective hack so quotes and read i think that's <laughs> that's one take away from this part and practice with your friends let them laugh at you it's okay yes absolutely do not hesitate just practice let's talk about what is a thought process that you have when you are building up your presentation because you have nailed it every time like how do you manage to do that wow now this is this is a real thought provoking <laughs> question and this is going to take a while but i think it's worthwhile because this is a very very important question trust me and right. you know what i have seen not many people actually think of the most important aspect which is how do you approach your talk right i don't think many people think about it you know and I, i'll share a little bit of my uh, thought process on that right mm-hmm. so if you if you look at suppose you are invited to give a talk somewhere okay Right. There are different ways to look at it. Some people will say, "Oh my God, why me again?" Right? <laughs> right. Now, how I think of it is, it's it's a privilege. Number one and two, it's an opportunity. Privilege because not everyone gets this. Okay, you are lucky that someone has invited you. Maybe you have done something good in your profession. That's why people have invited you. But Absolutely. you cannot take it for granted. You have to put in your best because there is an audience. which is going to give you whatever 15 minutes 20 minutes or 30 minutes of their time 
Right. Each and everyone is going to give you that time. So you have to do justice to their time. You can't just take it for granted, right? So that's the first thing you need to think in your mind. Secondly, it's an opportunity, right? right? So I have got to influence, let us say, 100, 200, 500 people in 20 minutes. How many people get that opportunity? Now, it's up to me, it's up to me how I use this opportunity. I can use it to drive a very, very important point and make people believe in that particular point or theory or thought process or i can be just selfish and you know i i can just drive my own agenda right so it's up to me how i use that opportunity and that is the first one we need to understand how do you approach that particular thing right right now once you're clear that you know i want to drive a particular point using this opportunity then your preparation starts and trust me 80 to 90 percent of your presentation is the preparation they say that you win the match in the practice, not when right. in the actual game, right? So how do you prepare? And the first thing I would always like to ask the pres- the people who invite is, who's your audience? Correct. What are they? How many people are attending? That gives me an idea about their background knowledge, their experience. Then depending on how many are attending, I know what kind of presentation I can put up for them. And why are they attending? What is their expectation from this particular conference or for from this particular talk? Mm-hmm. Once you get this idea, no, then the next thing is to, in your mind, you write an audience-centric objective. A simple line I want to ask myself that at the end of my talk, I want my audience to dash, dash, dash. And that dash, dash, dash is mm-hmm. your audience-centric objective. Once you have that objective, you know how to start the content. So this is the background information even before you actually start working on the developing the talk. Right. Now, what I do typically is um, if you are given a topic, I know that most of the audience Mm -hmm. love stories. They They love to listen to stories. Not many people like too many details or too many Excel sheets and graphs and charts and paragraphs and text. I don't think so. People like to listen to stories. So in my mind, I think of how do I connect it with a story? How do I develop an entire story of this particular presentation? This is probably the uh, something which takes maximum time in my head. Right. Now, once I know what kind of story I want to build up, then comes the most important part. How do I start the presentation and how do I end the presentation? See, it's like any book or more than book it's like a movie now if you look at a movie there are two parts of the movies that are very very important the first one is the beginning of the movie the opening scenes right now the opening scenes tell you whether you want to watch the entire movie or not right absolutely now suppose you watch the entire movie the climax is very important when you come out of the movie what you remember is the last scene it's how the movie ended right so right. the two most important things of a movie is the beginning and the end. And I, I actually approach a presentation very, very similar to a movie. I think the beginning of the uh, presentation and the end of the presentation, these are extremely important, right? Let me interject here a little bit. I think w- one of the questions that, you know, hits my mind when you mentioned about the beginning and the end is sometimes when I am putting a clinical topic, which has to have statistics and data, I think that is where I am not sure how to make it effective or make it like a story. Can you talk a little bit in a reference to 
maybe a scientific presentation which has more clinical details giving an example how do you combine those two things in an idea yes see even if it is a scientific presentation it can still be a part of a story for example um, if you want to prove that one of the two methods is better right right and you have enough data on that so it's still a part of the story where you build up that there are two elements and eventually the one came up as a winner yeah right and then you give a story of each of the elements right and yes you can project the data you don't necessarily have to talk a lot about the data you can project the slide in fact the other element of uh, presentation that i use is introduce your slide you don't just put up a slide and sh- then explain what it is before you put up a slide you just say something about the slide and then show the slide and then give the audience a few seconds just to look at the slide so you can put up a data saying you know we have done the required statistical analysis and we found this was more uh, there was something which was more statistically significant and let it be on the slide right i think this is very very important which i think all of us miss to be very honest even i don't think about introducing my slide i think we are so much caught up in making sure we we speak everything that we have in our head about that slide that we forget about introducing the next slide and that creates a disconnect and i think that's a very beautiful point that you mentioned there and thank you so much for pointing that out thank you you mentioned one thing which you need to avoid is you know not just reading the slides are there any other things which you feel are a complete no no or a, that can make a good presentation a disaster things which we should avoid Ooh, ooh, there, there's a laundry list of things that we should avoid, probably. Uh, but I think I'll just step back and instead of doing during the presentation what to avoid, let me tell you what to avoid or during the preparation right. stage. Right now, most of us feel that creating content is preparation of the presentation. Yes, and I think that's a mistake we make. I think creating content is just half of the preparation. Mm-hmm. more time should be spent on how do you deliver the talk right so making a slide you are spending 1 hour in making one slide and you are spending 1 minute on how to talk about that slide that's not done it should be the other way around right. you need to remember that we are the presenter and the powerpoint slides are an aid is just a visual aid to drive the point mm-hmm. it should not be the other way around i used to do that in my early days i used to create beautiful slides a lot of animation and i used to be a little less confident a less and more shy so i just wanted people to look at the slides and not look at me right now that's exactly opposite to how it should be you are the presenter you are the person in charge so spend time on how you want to deliver the presentation mm-hmm. rather than just creating slides okay now once you have done this part then your actual uh, do's and don'ts during the presentations will come right yeah so uh, avoid too much emphasis on the visual aid that's the first one right uh, in talking about the slide itself uh, it should not be too crowded and too busy people then lose focus typically i would like a heading one image to go along with the bullet points and maybe 3 to 4 bullet points that's about it that's all the presentation should cover ideally one slide of a presentation and whatever additional stuff you want is for you not for right. the audience <laughs> you write things on the slide because you forget you don't know what to speak that's why right. you write it on the slide 
because the, the, the audience is not going to read all the text on the slide right and if they start reading that they'll lose focus on you absolutely let me actually tell you my story initially when in optometry college when you are supposed to present at internal presentation conferences and things i used to write paragraphs in bullets so <laughs> i'm sure many people will relate to many that many people have done that you're not oh, the only, you're not the only one trust me i would me. think that i have to write an entire sentence in a bullet point then it will make sense so my my entire slide would have four bullet points which each is a paragraph by itself <laughs> so, <laughs> so i think i've done that for quite a few years <laughs> till i saw your presentations and i'm like oh my god how can he just have like three points three words <laughs> so i think that's very very uh, big mistake i think most of us do one probably because we don't think or we we do not have that exposure and second we're just feeling that everyone is doing it so let's just follow even though somewhere we realize we are missing out on the attention from the audience but we don't know how to fix it so i think what you mentioned of you know not crowding the slide and not going crazy about writing too much which can you know lose the attention from the audience to what you're speaking is a very important point you have nailed it i feel so guilty of doing it myself <laughs> Maybe we've all been there. We've learned the hard way, right? <laughs> Absolutely. That, that's exactly why I I want the youngsters not to make the mistakes that we made. Let them make new mistakes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, but just just one word of caution here: if it is a case presentation and if it is you know a scientific paper presentation where you have to share your research findings, they might be an exception. So don't get me wrong. you might have to show some more data there right but that's okay you can actually put up a slide and give and give the audience 20, 10 to 20 second to just read the slide that's okay the one more thing we as presenters are afraid of is silence yes the pause yes. right yes. we feel how can there be silence it's so uncomfortable <laughs> to everyone right but trust me absolutely silence or pause is a very powerful tool and most good presenters or i would say powerful presenters use that so you ask a relevant question to the audience and just take a pause for 3 to 5 seconds absolutely let them think let them internalize it's a very very powerful tool you can do that and you you have to practice it it doesn't come just like that because we are so much used to speaking continuously that the pause doesn't come naturally to us but it is a powerful tool absolutely we feel if we pause the audience might start thinking that we forgot or we don't know what we are talking they might lose interest i think right. those are those fear overpower and pause is uh, important but doing it at the right time is equally important and and the length of the pause also you can't be pause <laughs> for a minute <laughs> yes yes <laughs> uh so tell me something as i mentioned one of my favorite presenter is steve jobs he is a complete storyteller he probably never even has a powerpoint presentation or it would just have images in the background has someone been your inspiration or something that you look around to get inspiration for your presentations let me let me flip it to you first what do you look look uh, for in a in a presenter in a good presenter or in a really dynamic presenter i feel for me what engages is definitely the storytelling part and uh, the comfort that the person has in the content i would be very happy to not look at the slides and just listen to the presenter what they are trying to say 
I think that what makes someone a good presenter for me versus someone who I'm just listening to because I have to. Yeah. So I I tend to agree with you. See the uh, what you said typically are are probably the you know qualities of real good presenters that they're good storytellers. They have command in their own subject. They know what they're talking and they can relate to the audience. I think relating to the audience is probably one of the most important. Uh, qualities of a good presenter you have to connect with the audience you have to relate with the audience and evident to contrary i i actually like people who are very crisp who can give a message right in a very crisp clear way it's really difficult trust me because yeah if you can in in few words if you can explain your point you can be assured that there's a lot of thought gone behind that because it's not so easy to do that right so i like people who who are crisp right who are very clear and who connect with the audience readily awesome so now you know how i had mentioned in my introduction that you have been to all i would say almost all the continent except few <laughs> which uh, will have you soon <laughs> now when you are dealing with presenting at such a diverse uh, crowd or audience how do you understand the way to connect process when you say it has to be audience centric like i know okay i have say students who are listening to my uh, talk or i have practicing optometrists who are listening to my talk but there might still be what do i do with that information can you elaborate a little bit on that yeah it is an important aspect right because you have to connect with the audience because why would they give you 20 minutes of their time if you cannot right? right so yes and that's where knowing your ad- audience is your first uh, step of your homework you should know who these guys are mm-hmm. i probably i can give you an example here um, i i wanted to give a talk on let us say presbyopia and i wanted to just build it up okay right so uh, if i'm giving it to the practitioners i would pose a question everyone what are what are men most scared of and i wanted to end that question with an answer presbyopia right but i wanted to build it up so i first i said death obviously all of us are scared yeah. of death what are you more scared of now when it, when my audience is practitioner i would say taxes right okay so people can relate to that and there is expected laughter in that and and what is more than that then it is presbyopia now if i'm giving the same talk to let us say students they may not understand taxes so well it doesn't relate to them right right so what do i do what i do is what are you most scared of first is death second is viva <laughs> oral examination absolutely now, yeah now that is something relates to them right. and that is where you connect with the audience so it's not just about you know what topic you are uh, speaking on it's also about uh, the examples or even the humor right. if i'm talking to the students the humor is all about youth it's all about what difficulties they face during uh, their lectures and so on Correct. if i'm talking to the practitioners the the humor would be about patients right sometimes the patients come and teachers and you know so that's how you actually prepare your talk just content is or the scientific content is a part of it but what examples you quote what jokes you crack right that is the, there could be preparation in that as well just to add that if it is an international audience you probably try to give something to everyone and depending on where you are so if i'm giving a, t- a let us say a talk in texas instead of saying good morning i would start with howdy yeah it's very important to connect whichever audience you are presenting to and then talk about the scientific part of it if it's a scientific presentation 
Now, I do know that many of us have this, I would say, a idea or I have a topic that I want to talk about, but I don't know how to build that topic into a presentation. Now, I would like to give an example here, which you had shared with me in the past on how there was a whole uh, conference which was focused around case studies, talking about all different types of complicated cases. Yeah. You were called in to be part of that conference and you took yes. and you spoke on a very unique case study, which I think only you can think of out of the box <laughs> to bring that up. Can you share a little bit on how that idea came up and a little bit more on that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, of course, why not? I, I love that conference. I love the organizers and I love the way it was done. It was done at um, Ansel University. Monica called me and she said, you know, there is a conference and I would like you to talk. This is conference based on case studies. It's not like, you know, the routine topics. And I like the concept. I also want to be, wanted to be involved. But uh, as you know that I'm not in clinical practice anymore. So, so we were discussing, what do you think? How can I add value to that? Because I'm not in clinical practice. Right. Then while we were discussing, an idea came up and I said, okay, why not I talk about a case study related to education? Because I've spent most of my time, most of my years in education. And I think um, a case study is a case study. You should not uh, um, constrict, you should not confine yourselves to only um, case studies in uh, clinical examination. Right. Absolutely. And and uh, she also loved it. She said, okay, let's go ahead with that. And that's when the idea uh, started developing. Then I remembered my uh, teaching years, how, you know, two different students, right from being very average students and facing difficulty, how they succeeded so well in their profession. So that was a very different kind of case study. And we thought we should always integrate the out other topics into optometry. It can't just be pure optometry all the time. Right. We should learn from the other topics also. There has to be some cross-learning. So what, what I did was I spoke to the student. Imagine now this is the preparation now. I spoke to the student. I spoke to the immediate teachers who actually worked with the student. I also spoke to the student's friends to understand, you know, how they helped that particular student to overcome language barrier, etc., etc. And what is he doing currently? How exactly the teacher implemented what strategies? That was one case study. And the other case study was a very uh, a, a student from a very humble background and who is actually a general manager of one of the leading optical chains today. So he is really, right. you know, grown in, in his stature in this particular profession. So I actually interviewed him for around 45 minutes to one hour to understand his thought process, what difficulties he faced and everything. And I think everyone loved those case studies because they were different, yet very, very meaningful and important to everyone. Yeah. So point here is we need to look outside the box. It's not just the clinical stuff. There is so much we can learn from outside clinical world also and which can be implemented in all the walks of life. Absolutely. Now, I want to talk a little more on how do you do this in one, one short question is how do you stay relevant? Let me tell you why I'm asking you this. When I first uh, listened to your presentation, that was the time when we used to put images and paragraphs in bullets. Okay. That is what was we doing back there with all the presenters. Uh, I don't mean anything bad, but they were fantastic. But that's how majority of the presentations were. You came up with moving uh, clip parts and images. Then people started copying that. And you went on adding clips from movies re relating it to optometry. 
so you have constantly changed and raised the bar of how to do a presentation in a scientific optometry conference what is your secret behind finding optometry everywhere you see <laughs> good one it's a, it's a bit difficult because you're just too obsessed by what you're doing <laughs> that's that's one thing right? right but i think it all boils down to my very initial comment how do you approach your talk okay if it's a privilege and it's an opportunity every time you get to speak to people in a group now if you keep that in your mind you'll always think of doing something more something different right? right so as you said that time it was easy the challenge was easier so i just had to do one thing now what happens typically is once you start doing something there are other people who there are some smart people who'll take some good points and they will start doing that then it right. becomes a norm <laughs> then how do you stay ahead of the curve because you want your presentation to be unique you want to leave a signature at the end right right now if you have to do that you just cannot take it for granted you can't say that i have achieved or i have arrived and now there is no more learning every now and then you need to keep your eyes open if you think anything interesting just note it down and you will find you will probably be able to use that somewhere else that's one thing i do i keep my eyes open i am quite observant actually oh, so when absolutely. i'm talking when, <laughs> when i'm talking to uh, youngsters youngsters means probably the Uh, students or just recent graduates yeah. i look at their body language i listen to what um, examples they quote what movies they watch what um, serials they watch and what is their you know lingo right and i try to use that if i'm talking to them so that way they stay connected with me that's one thing Mm-hmm. um secondly it's always you know inventing and reinventing yourself you can't just be stagnated you have to do right. something new every time right so movies is gone now it's a passe everyone does that now next i th- started doing was some shayari so i oh. started using some my, an original not not um, borrowed <laughs> so some own shayari and meme also because if you look at it memes is the next is in thing. today yeah absolutely right yeah. meme is in so started doing some memes also so that is something different we do to just you know catch hold of the audience i also know you you had started taking selfies in the conference before you begin so yeah but i must say that's not my original i mean in india i might be the first one but i, I will not take credit for that no. in fact i think i heard i saw it from sarah morgan at the bcl oh. she does that and i thought oh this is cool let me try it with indian audience in fact we are more selfie friendly <laughs> <laughs> so let, let's start doing that yeah but but it kind of just to break the monotony i don't think it is it has more than that it is to break the monotony to build some excitement in the crowd and get the audience you know hooked on to what you're going to speak next absolutely uh thank you so much for sharing these pearls i think with every uh response and the answer you shared there is so much to learn but before we end this podcast one last tip that you would like to share something a takeaway yeah i i want to there are too many but you know what i want to do is i want everyone mm-hmm. specifically the youngsters who are still learning how to make presentations i want them to learn from everyone but at the same time be true to your original self correct okay don't blindly copy anyone because people have different styles people have different ways of conducting and carrying themselves you can't be someone else okay so you have to be different yeah. from the others yet you have to 
be original and keep improving so there's a very thin line between genius and insanity similarly there's a there's a very thin line between being different and being weird so be different in a positive way avoid being weird and just because someone else is doing something and that suits that person doesn't mean that you can carry it off equally well so be true to yourself and then learn and adapt and you know evolve wonderful i think being original is a wonderful takeaway because that is something which is very important to have your own perspective to all the learnings that you shared today now i do know you are the king of the presenters uh, for us in india oh. and i'm not going to let you go and end this podcast because i have a special announcement for all the listeners we're going to continue this uh, podcast uh, with a follow up session where we're going to do an instagram live with mr nilesh thide so listen to this podcast if you have any questions we'll be shortly posting the time and the date so do tune in and you can ask him live questions and i'm sure he'll have answers for everything so thank you so much for agreeing to that it would be a first instagram live so let's nail it let's show all our presentation skills and i'm looking forward to it so thank you so much for sharing all your pearls with us today thank you kriti you're doing a great job and i'm really looking forward to the instagram live i'm not uh, sure if i will have all the answers but one thing i will definitely try not try i will do is i'll be genuine and i'll just answer fr- straight from the heart i will not sugarcoat anything Wonderful thank you so much once again and it was a pleasure to talk to you take care everyone be safe